The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, we have a special interview with Zaya Cook, guard for the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks. She is the one who snatched that girl's ankles in high school, then pointed at her, then did this crazy layup, went viral. She's smart. She's funny. She's confident. She's going to be a star. I just know it. Uh, We also get into some news around the NBA. Man, Pelicans head coach Dan Van Gundy had a meltdown for the ages. Oh, boy, that's the first thing we got to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Warriors are wasting what would have been probably statistically a unanimous MVP season for Steph Curry. His last 10 games have been absolutely absurd, and the Warriors just don't care. Uh, we have shocking developments, shocking ones, Marty, about who actually was responsible for pressing for the play-in tournament to begin with. Uh, rhymes with Lubin. Uh, all right, Marty. Wait, before we drop the beat, let me just say this. For folks who loved Biggie, which was me and Marty, <laughs> the world of copywriting has come down for our heads like a guillotine. So now we have only music that is uh, allowed to be used instead of... Uh, we've got Kids Bop, Teeny Bop. So we're doing the best <laughs> that we can. I like the intro song. I like the Me intro too. and outro song. And I like that it's uh, the same every time. So anyway, let's drop our, our kids beat. Stan Van Gundy just absolutely hates Lonzo Ball. He just does. <laughs> he just does. Safe to say, in my opinion, I think in probably a lot of people's opinions, Lonzo Ball will not be back in New Orleans next year. Um, so I was working on a segment during yesterday's game. Uh, the Pelicans were playing the Knicks mm-hmm. in a beautiful matinee that was nationally televised, so me, living in New York City without cable, could watch that game. Yeah, finally. It was fun. Finally. I was like, yes, Knicks game and a Nets game, both on ESPN? I like watching the Knicks. So do I. And the Nets. I mean, I've been just... My Knicks and Nets experience this year of how good they've been and how little I've gotten to watch them on, we'll call it legal, (laughs) uh, in legal means, has been disgusting. So anyway, I'm watching this game. And I'm working on this segment about how cheap the Pelicans are, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but the Pelicans have never once gone into the luxury tax. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's insane. I mean, it actually makes sense, I guess, the more I think about it. They've never signed a big name. They probably never would. They haven't really had more. Yeah. No, it makes sense. They're only one of two teams in NBA history that have done it or never, never done it. And that is them and the Hornets. Hornets have also never gone, which makes sense, right? Like you either don't have any talent that you will pay overpay for fair for the Hornets, or you're just flat out a cheap ass penny pinching franchise, which makes sense, you know, because also this makes sense. And I just thought about it right now that the owners, the owners of the Pelicans are the same owners of the Saints. So Uh when that happens, 
the Bensons, they're like, ah, I got to choose one. Yeah, and it's kind of, that whole situation's weird with, like, the uh, secession plan and stuff. That, that whole situation's, like, whack. Yeah. So I was reading this whole thing about how, like, the Pelicans can't sign Lonzo and Josh Hart unless they trade Eric Bledsoe, who I think is going to be difficult to trade given how, we'll call it, I don't know what you call it. Shittiness? Yeah. Like, who's going to take him on the roster, right? So I'm reading about how Lonzo's the odd man out in New Orleans and how much they want to keep him and how sad that is. And the reason that they're going to have a hard time keeping him and why he's going to be the odd man out is because why? He has an agent who is going to squeeze (laughs) every penny out of ownership. Yep. Lonzo Ball is rep by who? Rich Paul. The man. Rich Paul, you know him best by the man who got in LeBron James's inner circle by wearing a random old school jersey that LeBron James loved. Mm-hmm. And then they were friends ever since. And now he is a mogul. I used to be a huge Rich Paul hater, but it turns out he's just the best agent in sports. So like, <laughs> yes. now I'm kind of in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a franchise, you hate Rich Paul. If you're a player, you love Rich right. Paul. Yeah. Let's just talk about some contracts that are worth noting that Rich Paul has uh, negotiated for. Ben Simmons, Max Deal early max deal there was no reason for that deal to get done as early as it did except for the rich paul stick 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 uh john wall max deal eric bledsoe whoa overpaid four years 70 million draymond green way overpaid five years 118 million jr smith four years 57 million Hmm. (laughs) there's a trend here that was a fair deal though that was a fair-ish deal i'm just kidding i just love jr fair dish deal i (laughs) don't know it wasn't i just love jr kcp Three years, forty million. That one's wild. Tristan Thompson, five years, eighty-two million. <laughs> then backed it up after Tristan Thompson should have been out of the league with a two-year, nineteen million. Wow, the list goes on and on. And so I was thinking, this: the Pels are going to have to pay for Lonzo. He's playing his best statistical year. He's a three and D guy. They seem to like him around Corey Brewer. The skills development coach has nothing but fantastic things to say about how they want to keep Lonzo. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it seems like Lonzo's going to get in the twenties and there's no yeah. way that the Pelicans are going to go into the luxury tax for Lonzo ball. But the thing is like, he's, he's shooting well. Like you see all these graphics, like, Oh, he's made more threes than like this player, Trey young, Devin Booker, LeBron, like blah, blah, blah. But like, what else is he doing? What else like, is I know what else is he doing? And so now I don't even feel like we need to have this discussion. It's <laughs> completely irrelevant. The Pelicans luxury tax segment was scrapped <laughs> fast. Something happened that told me everything I need to know about Lonzo Ball's hierarchy inside of the Pelicans organization. And it's not good. This is what happened. Pels, like I said, were playing the Knicks. 7.8 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Knicks down three. As an aside, Eric Bledsoe was supposed to foul Derrick Rose, and he didn't because in his <laughs> words, this is where it's tremendous quote, <laughs> tremendous quote. He said he wasn't paying attention and he lacked focus. This is why Eric Bledsoe is untradeable. Yeah. This right there, you can't admit to that. First of all, you're 31 years old. Yeah, uh, I, I read an article about it, and it said Eric Bledsoe, 11-year veteran, and it made me feel very old, but also very much hammered home the point, like, what the fuck? <laughs> These are things you should be doing very regularly and easily, Eric Bledsoe. 
Yeah. Uh, you know Eric Bledsoe very well from his time on the Suns. Yeah. He I don't, is. I don't want to be here. That I don't want to fa- be here. That famous tweet. Yeah. I mean, I don't want Eric Bledsoe to be here. That's yeah. what I mm-hmm. want. If I'm if I'm a fan of that organization, I don't want him to be there. It's such sweet justice he ended up in this situation. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I hate that man. <laughs> so Derek Rose fakes the three, somehow doesn't get fouled, drives hard to the left for a left-handed lay. That layup would be meaningless. Mm-hmm. They would lose by one line, by the way, one. So uh, <laughs> would have been a tough press. <laughs> would have been a tough push. So I was rooting for this. Anyway... Lonzo Ball cheats over. He's guarding Reggie Bullock in the left corner. Reggie Bullock is one of the best three-point shooters on the Knicks. He cheats over just enough that Derrick Rose kicks out to Reggie. Reggie hits the three with two seconds left. They're tied. They go into overtime, and you know what happens? Stan Van Gundy yanks Lonzo out of overtime (laughs) for some guy. What's this guy's name? Najee Marshall. That's I had to look his name up because that's how irrelevant he is to the Pelicans franchise. Yeah, he's new, I think. He's new. This is the problem. And now I know that the Pelicans have so many guards because they have no reliable guards. Like you have eight guards, none of them reliable. A hundred percent, that piss poor decision by Lonzo Ball loses them the game. Like, yeah, I mean, he bit so hard on a play that, yeah, I mean, just like you said, it would have been nothing. You'd have had to shoot free throws again with like two seconds left and you'd have basically been the winner. Meaningless. Yeah. And it probably would have ended up, you would have ended up winning by three, killing the spread and losing. My heart would be broken, but no, it a hundred percent cost him the game, right? Yes. Listen, don't take it from me, Marty, because <laughs> the world asked Stan Van Gundy what he had to say and... It was tremendous. Let's see what he had to say. No excuse whatsoever today. None. None. (laughs) I don't care if you're a senior in high school, you can execute what we were supposed to be doing with 7.8 seconds to go. So no excuse whatsoever. Have you experienced anything like this with a team before? Is it like (sighs) among the most frustrating things that you've been around? Hold on one second. Let's just say this for a second. When you're a media member and you he you can tell there's two minutes have, have gone by at this point where he's ranting and raving and you can tell he's just he's hanging in on by a thread mm-hmm. and the media member has to poke even more and he's like, Where does this stack up? Do you think this is the most heartbreaking loss you've ever yeah. <laughs> experienced in your life? This is irresponsible. Yeah. Oh, we've got him in a spot. Let's like really hammer it home. Yeah. yeah like Oh, he's, you can tell he's just so close to blowing up. Let's get him to blow up. Like, let's get him to be unhinged. Let's push him to the point where he is unhinged so that we can write Stan Van Gundy unhinged. Are you serious? (laughs) You know that Stan Van Gundy has anger issues. You know he's on the edge. And yet, the media multiple times just kept pushing him until he finally broke. Let's play some more of the clip. Tonight's as frustrated as I've been because tonight's simple. <laughs> Nobody had to make a play. Nope, they didn't. You know, you didn't have to make a play, make a shot, make a pass. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to do what the hell you were supposed to do. <laughs> so let's just eva- let's analyze that. We had some hand motions. Two seconds of pausing where the media thinks they can now come in and ask another question, but no. But no, you didn't have to do any. He's pa- pounding on the desk. 
Tonight is as frustrated as I've ever been in his entire career of coaching. Tonight, the night in the matinee game was the most frustrated he's ever been. Keep going. Going down the stretch. But like I said, today, simple (laughs) high school guys could have executed down the stretch. The 7.8 seconds high school school guys could have done what they were supposed to do. All right. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. High school guys. High school guys, and then he just drops the mic. He was so mad at Lonzo Ball. He wouldn't say who he was mad at because they were like, what were you planning on doing? What were you hoping to foul? And he's like, you know what? You can ask the players. Ask the players what they were supposed to do. I'm not going to say their name, but everybody knows who he's talking about. He's talking about for sure Lonzo Ball, and he's also talking about Eric Bledsoe not fouling because Eric Bledsoe then said, hey, guys, uh, I was supposed to foul, and you know what? I don't even know what happened. I'm just, I just, I just blacked out. I just blacked out. Interestingly enough, uh, New Orleans announced after the game they were finalizing a multi-year deal with guard Didi Luzada, yeah. their 2019 second-round draft pick out of Brazil. Certainly had nothing to do with that, right? Like That was just a, a big coinkydink? Yeah, no, you just decide the guy you've had on the burner for two years that you're going to bring him in. Yeah, this just happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah. So I made a, a phone call right after that game to a friend who has trained Lonzo as a skills coach. He trains Andre Iguodala. I call him and I say, hey, did you see this? Uh, I break down the play just like I did for the podcast because he wasn't watching because he was at the Heat game. And he goes, listen, I mean, Stan Van Gundy's never liked Lonzo. Never liked him. Doesn't fit into what he likes. Uh, He's tried to change his game into what the system that he wants to play. And it's sort of working. But just remember, Trista, Lonzo Ball missed four games. The Pelicans won all four. And that is not lost on Stan Van Gundy. (laughs) So, yikes. Now, I am certain, positive, proof positive, I will put my my beating heart on this. (laughs) There is no way, zero chance that Lonzo Ball stays in New Orleans especially given that boneheaded performance by someone who should very clearly have known. All you had to do was stand there. All you had to do was just stand in your spot on the corner. You didn't even have to move. Literally just go over to Reggie Bullock. I'm I'm getting mad now. I'm getting mad. There's just there's just no It's just how do you bite on that? Like when you watch it on replay it's just so, it's so crazy. It's awful. So again, no way Lonzo Ball continues to be a Pelican. If if the trade deadline hadn't passed, he would have already been traded. Protecting me and my dog, Emma, my probably my number one priority, especially because these walks to work can be a little on the dangerous side. Penn Station is not what it used to be, folks. And so I need to make sure that I walk to work and get my Cortados safely. So I got myself a Taser, self-defense, and it is the best self-defense. Taser Strike Light is a rechargeable high-powered flashlight that repels attackers through an electric stun gun feature. You know what's interesting is that uh, it makes a little sound, like, back the fuck up, back <laughs> up. It's like, it sounds like, sounds like electricity, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can not only use that as a, a deterrent, but you could put that right in the middle of someone's abdomen, and it feels awful. <laughs> Uh, why would you have a flashlight without the feature of a stun gun? I don't know. You, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. The Taser Strike Light is a non-lethal self-protection device that is a small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment in your car, by the way, or in your purse. Of course, guns, guns are no bueno because they carry an unnecessary risk of death. For those around you and yourself, pepper spray also can get on your hands and your eyeball. That's happened to me before. 
Your eyes are watering all day long. And in fact, for the, those that are attacking you, that's a fully bad day. This just a stun. Taser Strike Light is safer and easier to use than both of those. So protect yourself and your family with Strike Light self-defense products. Taser Strike Light is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo league. Save 15% now at taser.com promo league. Spelled T-A-S-E-R dot com promo league. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about the Warriors for a second. Okay. The Warriors are wasting Steph Curry. I, we've talked about this before, but now that I am very certain that they are going to continue and they are currently wasting two years of Steph Curry's prime. So the question is, how many more before Steph gets fed up? This sounds like Stephen A. Smith question, Max Kellerman question. This is a legit question. Yeah, no, it's interesting to see where they go from here for sure. It's one of the coolest, or not coolest, but more interesting things to think about in the NBA right now. For sure. Yeah. And it also has a ripple effect of the entire NBA. Oh, yeah. Year one, Clay goes down, right? Mm-hmm. After KD leaves, year one, Clay's out with an ACL injury. We know that the, you're going to be in a gap year. And then the pandemic hits. Steph hurts his hand. Yeah. They only play. Aaron, Aaron Baines hurts his hand. Aaron Baines hurts his hand. <laughs> he sits out. They don't play. They don't play for multiple months. Then everybody's excited. Clay's coming back. Then he tears his Achilles. Yikes. But they also take James Wiseman, who is not even close to on the same developmental calendar as Steph's thought process of going to finals again. Because mm-hmm. that's what he wants. He's very, very clear about that. Curry right now is playing the best basketball of his entire career, and the Warriors sit at the 10th seat. Steph has to muster up enthusiasm for the play-in tournament. Do you know how gross that is for a three-time champion to be excited about being in the dregs of the standings? <laughs> it is definitely weird, but I mean, he is rising up to it. He, he There were three games last week that he made 10 threes in. That's nuts. Like I said before, we talked about this before. This is some Batman shit. This is some Batman shit, which is a nice little, I call it a sun ray in the middle of a storm cloud. So what's going to happen next year? Clay comes back. Who knows when you're coming off of an ACL and an Achilles, that doesn't mean you're hyper mobile. Uh, Doesn't mean you're going to play a bunch of games. You see what happened with KD. KD's missed a shitload of games. Mm -hmm. I would imagine an Achilles and an ACL, it might be somewhat similar. I'm worried about Clay for sure. For sure. Yeah. Should be worried about Clay. I would really hope for the Warriors' sake they end up getting someone who can either contribute right away. Just trade that pick if you have four. Just trade it. So deep draft. Get someone to contribute now. Yeah. Stop getting young guys. Steph Curry does not want more projects. I promise you. You already have Jordan Poole. You already have Nico Mannion. You have James Wiseman. He's out. You've got all these little young guns. And Steph Curry's like, dude, I went to five straight finals in a row. I'd like to continue that. Mm-hmm. So this is what he had to say to Rachel Nichols, which is what made me pause and think that there was a potential situation in play that Steph Curry could possibly be asking for a trade sometime in the future after his extension. 
You've talked about how it would be cool to play your entire career with the Warriors organization, a little Kobe Bryant style. How much of a priority is that for you? You have some contract decisions coming up this offseason. It's always been a priority. And, you know, when you look at guys like Dirk, Kobe, that I played you know, against and have heard them talk about what that's meant, they don't speak on it lightly. There's a reverence for that club. You never know what can happen, obviously, but I feel like that's always <laughs> been something that would mean so much to me. And you want to stay competitive. You want to stay in that fight where you're winning championships. And if I can accomplish both, that's the ultimate oh, goal. <laughs> we do need to talk about Okay, one, you never know what can happen, obviously. Yeah. That's a big qualifier. Mm-hmm. I would, leave it open. I would say since Steph is in the driver's seat, that means you never know if I'm going to change my mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you want to stay competitive to win championships. And the goal is to be able to do it with the Warriors. But if I can't do it with the Warriors, I got to flip the deuces like LeBron did. <laughs> like, right? You don't think Steph, Steph is saying that? I'm sure he's thought about it. I mean, damn, like, the, especially over the last two years, he's had plenty of time to think about it. A lot of mediocrity. Yeah. Steph, uh, Steve Kerr was very clear to say, yes, we were the worst team in basketball. I think going from five straight finals appearances to being the worst team in basketball is a hell of a drop. That is a hell of a drop off the cliff Quite. emotionally. He just set an NBA record for most threes in a five-game stretch. He's yeah. averaging 40 points almost in his last 10 and it doesn't fucking matter because I don't know what they're doing. I think that the Warriors should have traded that James Wiseman pick for someone to contribute right now. I think they still might. You I know, think if they get they a could. top if they get a top pick this year and they have Wiseman and that pick to like package somewhere, kind of like that. Doesn't make it very easy when Wiseman's coming off of a meniscus surgery. No, no doubt. That's no not doubt. an easy. Yeah. You automatically have depreciated that pick. It's like NBA Top Shot. As soon as you open up that little card, <laughs> deck of cards, it's worth way less, which is what's happening with it's James just, Wiseman. It's just like NBA Top Shot. It's just yeah. like NBA Top Shot. I don't know why that was the uh, analogy that came into my mind, but that's what it was. I mean, you saw Steph how much he wants to win. He twisted his ankle in the game against the Celtics. There was no reason that he should have been out there. The twist looked gross. He has ankle problems, and he was like, nope, he's just going to continue to stay in the game, make it rain, cross people over, stay competitive. And it's like, unless a miracle occurs, the Warriors aren't even going to be a winning team in the West next year or the year after. This West is stacked. How are the Warriors going to get back to being at the top of that heap? I just don't see it. I don't either. And... Steph right now would be unanimously the world, as you know, Marty, loves himself some Steph Curry. The media also loves himself some Steph Curry. Yeah. So if Steph Curry was doing this right now and they were like second in the West, my Lord, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah, no, he'd be throated on ESPN like oh, every single they'd day. Be like, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they're already doing it right now and they're at 10th seed. Right. It's like mm-hmm. no one cares about this. And yet they're doing like a full one on one national televised with Rachel Nichols, a whole NBA countdown on a game against someone who's like not even going to make the playoffs. Maybe that's that's how good Steph Curry is. So do I think Steph Curry is going to sign in the offseason? Yes, because he wants that big time money and he knows he has flexibility to get out whenever he wants. Do I think that he's a warrior for life? Gun to my head, gun to my head, gun to my head. I don't think so. Oh, it's so hard to project. That'd be so weird to see him on another team, though. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what it's going to take, though. 
You cannot win anymore with two All-Stars. So you're either going to need to bring one in or they're going to need to ship one out. We have a little update. Marty on Mark Cuban. We do. Remember last week we talked about Luca uh, being a bitch, complaining about the play-in tournament and how he thought it was unfair. And then Mark Cuban came in with his Superman cape and explained how mad he was about how bad of a decision, an enormous mistake to to vote for the play-in tournament. Yeah, after losing four out of five games and compromising their position. Correct. Yeah. He, he just happened to get the feeling that he needed to make a statement. Yeah. Yes. He's just random. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yes. That is a tough pill to swallow if you're the seven seed. Someone's going to be the seven seed. This is what happened. I pointed out that Cuban was, of course, one of every single owner that voted for it. Unanimous. But apparently this motherfucker, Mark Cuban, not only voted for the play-in tournament, he was the one who thought of the idea. (laughs) He pushed for the idea, lobbied for it. How do I know this, you ask? Because our boy, Stan Van Gundy, put tossed him under the bus. Big Stan. Old man Gundy <laughs> can't get a defense in New Orleans, but he's just out here ripping scalps off, <laughs> calling out names like his name's corrupt. It's a big week for Stan on the pod. Big week. Stan Van Gundy episode. <laughs> he called out Cuban and said this. Listen, it doesn't matter what I think about the playing tournament. We're trying to get in it. So... What my own personal thing is on whether they should or should not have done it does not even matter. I don't even think about it. We're trying to get in it. That's what's important to me. But here it is. I thought that it was funny. I thought that it was funny that Mark Cuban, here's the big qualifier, who I absolutely love, by the way, (laughs) pushed for it. Not only did he vote for it, he pushed for it. And now that they're sitting where they are, they don't like it. That is straight facts right there. (laughs) That is straight facts. That's exactly what everyone is thinking and knowing. It's like you can't just change your mind now that it doesn't suit you without looking like an absolute fucking hypocrite. I mean, really just a self-serving asshole that wanted this thing only because you thought it would benefit you in the first place. And now that it's to your detriment, you don't like it in hindsight when it was your fucking idea. Gross. As an aside... As an aside, am I the only one that just has a hard time understanding the play-in tournament? Like, conceptually, how it actually works. Sometimes I have to go back and reread it. Uh, I mean, so seven and eight play. Uh, The winner of that just is the seven seed. They move on. Uh, The loser of that— Apparently not you. You know. Well, it's taken me until like about a week ago to really get it down. And then nine and ten play, and the winner of that uh, play the loser of seven and eight uh, for the eight seed. Exactly. So recently, CBS wrote an article and they said exactly that. The play in tournament is the seventh seed will host the eighth seed in a one game matchup. The winner of that game earns the seventh seed. The ninth place team then hosts the tenth place team in a one game matchup. Loser of that game completely eliminated. Then the loser of the seventh versus eighth place game hosts the winner of the ninth place, tenth place game, one game matchup. Winner of that game wins the eight seed, and the loser of that game eliminated. Those are going to be so fun to bet on. So fun. (laughs) So here's the one thing that no one is talking about. Do you know who gets screwed by this, Marty? Um... I'd have to sit and think. Who do you... I mean, whoever's seven. (laughs) Whoever is the one seed. Because they only get three days to know and prepare for who is going to be the eight seed. 
because there's multiple games that they have to play depending on when in order for the one seed to know who they're playing. Yeah, that's a good point. Whereas the two seed who's playing the seven knows exactly who they're playing right away. With a lot more prep time, a full week of prep time. I'm not saying that's going to make a difference, but I am saying that if I was the number one seed and I worked to get the worst play, uh, the worst team, I would be a little salty balls about that. Yeah. Well, I've thought about it a lot because it's kind of this is a little off topic, but it's kind of relevant to my team. I think two is the seed you want to be with the Lakers, probably at four or five. I think two is where you want to be. Two is the ideal seed, in my opinion. And I think that's the ideal seed in the East and in the West. Yeah, they've certainly thought about it. If I've thought about it, coaches have thought about it and GMs have and thought about it. And if that's the case, then the way that you would actually, I guess, change that or fix that is this. If you're the one seed, you get to choose between the seven and eight on who you play. <laughs> How tremendous would that be? Could you imagine like Memphis is eight and Dallas is seven? And you're Utah, and you're like, "Yep, we'll take Dallas. Damn. We'll give we'll give Phoenix the Grizzlies." I mean, that'd be a crazy way for it to work. Wow. I mean, who would even make the decision? Like the owner? Like how do you even? <laughs> Maybe the head coach. <laughs> yeah, head coach would make it. That's a crazy scenario, though. Yeah, I don't hate it. I would love that. That would be so shade too. There'd be so much like grudge mm-hmm. if you're the like seven seed that actually became the eight seed. Yeah, or vice versa. I love it. Is the play-in tournament here to stay? I sure hope so. Uh, I think it is a tremendous wrinkle, though. Up next, we have an interview with Zaya Cook, guard for the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks. She is a bucket. She was funny. She had a lot to say about WNBA rules and the Mm -hmm. difference between boys college players and girls college players, which I thought was really interesting. She also had some casual, like, low-key, high-profile, yeah. <laughs> like, stars that she's become friends with. Uh-huh. Um, and also was really intriguing to hear about her transition from high school to college and her relationship with absolute legend Don Staley, who was one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player growing up to watch that was a, uh, in the WNBA. So without further ado, Zaya Cook. Welcome to the show, Zaya Cook, snatcher of souls and ankles. AKA Lady Kyrie, a guard for the Final Four South Carolina Lady Gamecocks. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, great intro. Thank you. Thank you. Which part did you like the most? The Snatcher of Souls or the Lady Kyrie? Yeah. yeah. I think the Snatcher of Souls. That was a good one. <laughs> Speaking of snatching souls, man, that viral video I was just showing to my producer where you were in high school. You took that girl's yeah. ankle, she fell to the floor, and then the thing that was interesting to me really was when you pointed at it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a crazy play. A lot of people still talk about that. Um, having my senior year, uh, amazing play. It felt unreal, honestly, doing, being able to do that. The fact that I thought was interesting was that you decided, like, no, right now I don't want to take this open shot. I <laughs> actually want to finish around the rim. And it, you had, like three moves around the rim and that all those people were collapsed around you. I don't even know where that came from, but the crazy thing about it is like the snatchback that I did in the point, I like practiced that with like an imaginary person on me. Like I used to practice that. So I think that's where that came from. And then everything goes, I don't know. I just was tunnel vision and it all just fell into place. It's crazy. Cause you almost made it harder than it needed to be. You could have taken that open. I know, shot. right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it went viral. Yeah, it did. What was that like when, like, how did your life change when D Wade and Chance and ESPN uh, all put put you on? It 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 just changed overnight for me, like literally overnight. Um, I posted a video when I was at a restaurant. Um, I'm just like I'm gonna post this because I didn't really have content on myself. Like people didn't record my my game. I didn't have highlights and stuff like that until after that happened. So um, I I do stuff like that all the time, though. It was just the first time it got caught on camera. So it was a good thing for me. I put it on Instagram and literally I woke up and my phone was glitching. Like it was so much, so many notifications, uh, so many celebrities hitting me up. And um, I've actually built a lot of relationships with people based off just that one thing. That one thing changed my whole social life. Wow. Yeah, you've got a ton of followers on Instagram. Yes. Um, who was the one celebrity that surprised you that reached out? To be honest, all of them. Um, D Wade was one of the one of the the ones that really uh, stuck out to me. But even like after all that happened, and all the way up to my freshman year in high school, I got a chance to talk to talk to Kobe, uh, wow. John Wall. I built relationships with some YouTubers. Um, right. Recently I've, uh, connected with Michael B. Jordan. So it's like a lot of, a lot of, um, celebrities have, have noticed me. Just casual Michael B. Jordan. Just <laughs> Yeah. That's my guy. A little Dirk too. My favorite rapper. Oh yeah. I like little Dirk. Uh, yeah. what advice did you get from Kobe when he reached out? It's crazy because he, I liked one of my pictures on uh, Instagram and I DM'd him like, wow, I can't believe you just liked my picture. It was a video of me and my dad. So I understood why he liked it because him and his daughter. And um, I just asked him like, one day, can we work out together? Like that would be a dream for me. And he told me, yes. He said, uh, whenever I get the chance, uh, we can do that. And he also told me to tell Dawn, he said, hey. So uh, that was that was the moment that I had. We unfortunately didn't get a chance to finish through with that, but it was a blessing to be able to have a conversation with him. Yeah, no doubt. So there were, uh, I saw this on, I forget where I read this, but you were recruited as a seventh grader. Yes. I got my first, uh, offer in the seventh grade. What is it? Eastern Michigan. Yeah. What was it like to be a seventh grader and get recruited? Are there scouts coming to your middle school games? Honestly, Ooh, I do not. No, no, no. I was going to camps. Okay. It wasn't them coming to my games. It was me going to like their camps and I got my offers from there, but I didn't even really know much about college when I was in that seventh grade. Like I was worried about high school. So it was like, I was getting the offers and I was just like, okay, but like, I just want to focus on high school right now. But I will say getting those offers early definitely helped me get to uh, my junior year. I was able to get a a top five. So um, building those relationships early helped me out a lot too. How do uh, how do different schools recruit differently? I've always been curious about that. Uh, ooh, it's been so long. I think I will say it's some coaches that hit you up a lot, like they'll call you a lot. It's some coaches that prefer to just come see you, just come uh, to your games. Uh, it's just things like that that I would say that that is uh, how coaches uh, get to know you and things like that. But I definitely I had a lot of the coaches that uh, will call me. Uh, FaceTime me, um, and then towards my junior year, they just pop up on me like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, you know, stuff like that. So I got a chance to build some very good relationships, coming on visits, stuff like that. Were the pitches different in terms of like how how different head coaches or assistants decided to try to like get you to come to their school? 
Not really. Um, that I can remember, no. I don't think uh, the way that they asked me to come to their school was different. Um, I don't think so. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Why did you decide to choose South Carolina and, and play for Coach Staley? Um, I think the one thing that Coach Staley had that a lot of the coaches, well, I, I don't want to say that they don't have, but that I realized first from her is that she was the type of coach that was very real with me. Like I could talk to her about anything. And most of the time when we talked on the phone, it had nothing to do with basketball. So for me to know that she already knows the basketball part I have, but she wants to get to know me as an individual, it definitely uh, caught my eye, caught my attention. And um, it made, from the jump, it made me feel like I was at home. And um, she also gave me like a connection, like a second mom, you know, so like a family member. I kind of got that vibe from her. Um, she was one of the coaches that I could actually say I love you because we built that type of relationship to where I actually have love for her. And um, I think I think God just led me to this school, led me uh, to play for her. Yeah, she's a she was actually one of my favorite players to watch when I was a kid. Um, I've I've heard that she likes to still go one on one with her players. Does she still do that now? I wish she used to do that, though. Honestly, she did. But. I wish she would play me. Oh, my God. I really do. I tell her that all the time. But, like, she would get shots up with us sometimes. She would just shoot shoot around and stuff like that. She does push-ups with us. But I told her, uh, we've actually had a few conversations. I'm like, if we play one-on-one, I'm going to win. Like, she's like, no, there's no way that you'll win. So, like, we, we get real competitive with those conversations. <laughs> do you think in Coach Staley's prime you could have snatched her ankles? Yes. I think I could have. <laughs> Six-time All-Star, top 15 player of all time, and you would snatch him. What a snatch to ankles for sure. So she calls you a killer. A lot of people think that they're killers, right? Like, I think that has become kind of an overused word. I've seen you, obviously, some tape. For sure you are. Um, right. What does that even mean, though? Like, when, when someone says that about a player, what is a killer really out there on the floor? Um, I think it's just somebody that's laser focused uh, for me. I'm just going to describe what I feel like uh, me being a killer is somebody that doesn't back down from anyone, uh, doesn't care who you who you are, what's your accolades, um, feel like they're in the same boat, you know, feel like you can do the same thing that they're doing. Um, I think that's basically just it. Uh, someone that fights hard, uh, stuff like that, and, uh, and knows how to take over. So I think that's where she got that killer for me from. I listened to talk about Kobe. I listened to a, an interview not too long ago. I think maybe a couple of days ago, it went sort of viral where he was talking about one of his former teammates said, Hey, when you guard Michael, don't look him in the eyes. And he was like, no, I'm the kind of guy that you don't want to look like, look at in the eyes. Do you feel like that too, that you kind of lock in and, and become almost an intimidating player to guard or to be guarded by? I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'm an intimidating player to be guarded by, but I know I'm not intimidated at all. So I can't really tell you how other people feel, but I know if someone told me, like, they don't want me to look uh, Michael Jordan in the eye, I'm going to make sure I look him in his eyes. Like, I want you to know that I'm hearing what they're saying, but I'm not scared of you, you know? So that's, that's just my mindset uh, with everything I do. Mm. Um, what was the transition like from high school to college? Ooh, big transition. A lot of, a lot of, I would say the biggest transition is the mental part. Um, it's a lot of games. Like high school, you have a lot of games, but you play way more in college. So I had to prepare myself for that. Um, learning curves. I've been through a lot of learning curves that I was, I didn't go through in high school. 
uh, just having to learn the game. It's a, it's a bigger step. It's a whole nother level. So I had to adjust to that and I'm still adjusting. So was it, was it like the, the level of competition? Was it the changing of the scheme? Was it sort of the fact that you were all on your own? It's everything really. Um, the level of competition definitely uh, changes. You're playing against people that have been here for a while. They know what's going on. You're in a, you're a newbie. You don't know what's going on. Um, it's a lot of things that change. Uh, the scheme as well. Like I do things. I prepare for games way different than I prepared in high school. Like I just get up 30 minutes before the game and just go. But in high school, like you actually have to be here an hour before. You got to two hours before uh, we have a uh, scout. We have to know the whole scout. So it's like you got to know the personnel. Like in high school, I didn't really have to do any of that. So it's it's, it's all like a learning tool. Uh, watching film. I never watched film in high school. Um, it's a lot. A lot of things that are different. And your body comp changed, right? Like, I think I saw something where you, you grew and, and you gained a little bit of weight and muscle in your freshman year, and then you leaned way out sophomore year, yeah? Yes, definitely. My freshman year, I can't even remember how much I uh, I came in, and I was 130-something, and I ended up at 150. So I gained a lot of weight. But the weight came from me just feeling like, thinking I could still eat the way I want to eat. Uh, even though I'm growing as a young lady um, and I'm out here doing more, but also I was putting on weight, weight muscle as well. A lot of the uh, weight that I had was definitely muscle mass, but um, changing my diet is something that I'm still continuing doing. But back then it was, my diet was really bad. So I'm keeping that weight down. Hopefully I'll never get back to that because it was hard playing with all that weight. Yeah. Even though you could take the hits, it, it, it like changes the speed as well. Right. that's what it was. Honestly, like I was still getting shots off, still doing that, but I felt steps be, uh, behind, like guarding people. Uh, I felt like I was tired more. Like it was just a lot to handle. And I don't like that. I'm still working on the cooking part. Uh, sometimes I get in a good mood and I feel like, all right, let me make something real quick. But um, I'm still working on the cooking part. I actually just made some chicken Alfredo a few days ago, though. It was really good. So chicken Alfredo is a little heavy, though, Zaya. It's it's my favorite food, so <laughs> I'm gonna eat it. Plus, we had a few days off, so I've been I've been eating what I what I want for a little bit. I like that. It's the off season Alfredo plan. Yes. <laughs> Have you thought about getting on TikTok? I feel like you would be really big on there. Man, it's crazy because everybody keeps telling me like they want me to get on TikTok, and like my teammates get on and like they'll post me like it'll be something very little. And they'd be like, that's Zaya, like Zaya, Zaya, Zaya. So it's clear, like people want to see me on there. I'm going I'm to see what I can do. Also, I haven't really been on social media as much though. So I need to, I need to start building back up my um, social platform. Do they shut you down when you go to college in terms of Twitter? Twitter? No, actually they shut us down on every social media uh, when the season starts. Uh, we did have a few things that changed, but uh, during the season coach does shut us down. So, that's probably why you, you haven't been seeing us on there. Yeah, dark, zero dark. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that just to stay focused? Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, this year we haven't, we had had, we did have social media, but towards the end of the season, she cut it out for us. Got it. So just for us to focus up and get to where we needed to go. So uh, I don't know how it's going to be next year, but uh, she's probably going to take it from us because seeing how we were when she took it, it was a pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dinner. Yeah. You lock in, you lock yeah. in. So you guys can't tweet or you just don't, you have to delete your apps altogether. Uh, we just, we can get on the apps. We just can't tweet. We can't like uh comment, stuff like that. So like we can still be active on there, but we can't 
like participate in anything. So you can see everything. You just can't communicate to the world that way. Got it. Tell me about uh, Pee Wee football. Oh, yeah. I actually played for the B team. I was on a higher level, a little bit higher than uh, Pee Wee. But yeah, I played football for for two years. Uh, What grade was I? Fifth grade or sixth grade I was playing. Um, But the reason why I stopped was just because I was growing as a young lady. um, And I just felt like it was time to focus on on uh, basketball because around the time when I was playing football, I also was starting to get offers in uh, for basketball. So I knew I wasn't going to be a professional football player. So I went on ahead and went with a career that I knew I could do something with. You're like, I don't really want to take as a quarterback hits and affect my college possibilities. So yeah, it was, it was fun though. Uh, playing uh, football was definitely fun. Too. You said, I think in that, in one of the articles that I read that it really helped your toughness on the court. How do you Definitely. think that's the case? Just because I'm out here with all boys and I'm getting hit. Like, I used to get thrown around. Like, I wouldn't say thrown around, but I didn't got hit by some linemen that, like, threw me. Like, but I was so tough. Like, I would get up laughing. Like, I thought it was funny. Like, he was, like they sometimes the boys that I played against, they would really try to hurt me. And, like, I just get up laughing at them because, like, you didn't even hurt me. Like, you thought you did, but you didn't. And um, I think also with my IQ, like, I think, Playing football helped me out with that. Um, my reaction time, just knowing knowing when to move and stuff like that. So football helped me out with that part for sure. When you play basketball against guys throughout the course of your life, I feel like for me at least when I would play, either guys would guard me ultra, ultra hard or they wouldn't guard me very hard at all. Is that the case in terms of how things were with you growing up? Yes, I, I've always played against boys. Even when I go home um, this summer, I'm probably I'll be playing at the YMCA against boys. I will say um, I started playing against boys when I was probably ten. So around that age, I was playing with grown men, and they wouldn't play me as hard. I tell them to, but they'll still be like, "Like you're a little girl, like we don't want to hurt you." But now, like I feel like I've built that respect, and they know if you don't play me hard, then you know you're gonna get embarrassed. It's bad for you, and I like you don't want to be embarrassed, so. Might as well just play defense. So, like, I tell them all the time, like, come on, like, play me for real. Like, I want y'all to play me for real. Like, and then they be like, all right, we'll pick it up for you. So, it's just like, I think uh, I went through some of that. Put but a body, now, yeah. I just play it together. Like, it's no, I don't have to tell them, no. Yeah, they'll try to send your stuff off into the bleachers. They'll put a body on yeah, you. Yeah, they do. They do. They try, they try to do that. They do. <laughs> um, Who do you think, besides yourself, was the best basketball player in the in the country in college this year? Oh, my gosh. We got so many. Uh, of course, I got to start with my teammate, Aaliyah Boston. Um, I got to give a shout out to Henny as well. People don't really show her the respect that she deserves. Uh, ooh, we got so many. Uh, Ryan, uh, Dana from Louisville, Bucket. Um, Bucket, yeah. Ooh, uh, I don't want to say her name wrong because she made an interview and made sure people said her name right. Harry. Harry, yeah, yeah. I got to put some respect on that girl. She is a real live bucket. It's a, also a girl from Wright State um, I saw playing. She did very well as well. I do not know her name. Um, but I just got to get one more, two more shout outs to teams, like in general as a team, not even an uh, individual player. I think Ole Miss had a, a great year. Uh, it, was, it was fun playing against them, fun watching them. And um, lastly, uh, playing against um, Georgia. Uh, 
I got so much respect for that team. Like I had touched a few of their players. Like you guys had a great year. Um, it was fun playing against them as well. So it's so many. It was fun, fun playing and watching this year with some a lot of good girls out there. Yeah, a lot of parity in the league in the in the NCAA right now. It's it's fun to watch for sure. Yes. Um. Oh, Paige. Yep, and Paige. Oh, and the shooter from uh, Kaylin. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, so many, so There's many, so many good ones. Dee Dee Richards as well, and uh, Dijanae. Carrington is nasty. Um, They're both player too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What do you think about the WNBA rule? The fact that you have to be 22 or graduated college or four years removed from high school in order to enter the draft? Mm, uh, Before, I will say before um, I got into college, I did think that they should change that rule. But I also think it's good to get the experience. The I feel like it's different from boys than it is with girls. Like, honestly, I feel like if we had to do one year and done, I wouldn't have been ready for that. You know, I don't think I would have been ready uh, physically, mentally, and I don't think my game has developed enough. I feel like I'll be ready when I'm a senior, you know? I think that's just, that's just a tradition of a, a woman. That's how it works out with women. Um, and also, I think... If we were so fo- if it was one or done, I feel like a lot of people would be so focused on just getting to the league instead of the other important things that comes with being in college. Like get the full experience, um, learning the game, playing with great players, uh, stuff like that. So I'm happy. Uh, I want to say I'm happy that it, it is the way it is, but it's just life. I think I, I'm fine with the world. Um, I've been embracing every moment so far. Uh, it's no rush for me to get to the WNBA, but I'm I'm sure by my uh, senior year, I'll be ready to be there. Do you think it would be better for the men's game if they did it that way? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's some different breeds out here. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think mm, it's some different breeds out here. Even in the women's game, um, Paige is like, she's ahead of her time. You know, so she could honestly be one of the ones that could have been one and done. But just imagine where she's going to be her senior year. Like she's going to be a whole nother player. So it was just like, get that experience. But I think with the men, there are some players that, that could be one and done, but I think there's more that should just go ahead and get that experience and wait it out. Yeah. You think you could compete on the WNBA level right now? Yes, I do. I think I could compete. Um, It's so crazy because I was like in the eighth grade, I played against, some girls from the Seattle storm and like I knew like I wasn't as good as them but I felt like I could be where they're at so all the way back then is when I knew like wow like I might be able to be in the WNBA but I definitely think I could compete at that level uh but just me personally I I'm happy that I'm not there yet because I got a lot to work on. So you think you could now, as a coming into your junior year, do some runs with that WNBA players and hold your own? Yeah, that's my that's my plan actually to get in the gym with some WNBA players. And a lot of WNBA players have a lot of respect for me. Uh, They see the potential I have, so that shows that I'm going in the right direction. Who do you want to train with? Oh, I want to train with a lot of people. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell. um, I wish I could train with Asia Dirt. Uh, Asia Wilson. It doesn't matter. Anybody that's there and um, Jewel Lloyd good. is really good too. I really like Jewel, Jewel Lloyd. Lloyd is really good, really good. It's a good one actually. Yeah, she's got uh, handles. It's a lot. It's a lot of people that I just I just want to learn from them. You know, definitely a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, your game to a degree is like you and Ari both have sort of similar games in certain ways. Obviously, she's three inches smaller than you. I like yeah. her mid-range, and I think you can finish just a little bit more like Kyrie. You guys have very similar handles, too, step backs. So, I mean, I think she's projected to go top five. So she, I, I think so, too. Uh, I, I DM'd her a few days ago. She just DM'd me back today. It's wow. crazy we talked about her, but... uh. I got so much respect for her, especially because of her height. And I love the way she yells on the floor. Like, she has so much swag. Uh, she does things that mo- only boys do, you yeah. know? So it's, like, good to see her doing that because I actually do the same stuff. And I think girls that play like that are the most exciting to watch. So And uh, I think her. big for the game. Like, the more Definitely. the more female players that play, like, what loose, you would see loose-free, yeah. Free. I, I think yeah. more isolation, too, when you get – isolation plays that go viral like you did with overtime and with ESPN that just yeah. adds a whole level of excitement that I think a lot of older school coaches don't necessarily want to implement you know they're all about the system obviously it's not that way for you guys but I think that'll be really uh really interesting going forward did you know that she's actually not a lefty she's not no she shoots left-handed right yeah she does She's right. She's uh, what is it called? When ambidextrous. I think she's a right-handed player. Like she's a, a right. She does everything else right-handed. She said. Wow. Except for basketball, I think it's just that's to add better. to her, uh, like maybe like a competitive thing. That's even better. Yeah, it's wild. Um, what WNBA player do you think you're the most like? I don't. Honestly, I don't. I wouldn't compare myself. And that's all respect to everyone yeah. that's in the WBA. But I feel like I'm my own player. Um, I haven't really came across a WNBA player that I felt like was me or I was them or I could be compared to. Um, and I've always said this since I was young. I just want to be the first me. I don't want to be the next her, the next her, or even the next him. You yeah. know, I want to be the first Zaya Cook. Uh, but that is, I'm not taking anything away from anybody that's in the WNBA. That's just personally how I feel. So yeah. So you basically just like there is nobody's film that you would stack up to your film, and lo- it looks similar in your mind. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Actually, actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that honestly. I mean, I do think uh, it's like I keep going back to Kelsey Mitchell because I think Kelsey Mitchell. I would say her worth ethic. Uh, this the things that she tells me, the way that she practices. Uh, the drills that she do, I will say that we're we're in comparison in that way. Uh, her, oh wait, wait, Awusu. Oh no, not Awusu. Is it? No, 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 no. It's uh, what's the girl? She wants another game. Oh she yeah. Game what's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Arike. Arike. Yeah, Arike. Arike. Now I will say I I will compare my game to her. I will, I will definitely compare my game to her. Um, I watch her. I see things she do, and I'm like, yeah, like we're kind of similar, definitely. I, I know we got a wrap, but I got two questions in terms of the team. Um, South Carolina, 32-1 and one last year before the pandemic canceled it. Do you guys mm-hmm. look back and think, what if? Definitely think about what if, especially after our loss. It's just like a thing. Like, we wasted that year. We could have already had one at our, under our belt. Um, definitely a what if. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think God has a plan for, and everything happens for a reason. So, we're just going to rock out with it. I interviewed Coach Tara Vanderveer from Stanford, and she had a lot of positive things to say about you guys. Um, that final f- play in the Final Four was tough. 
Tragic. What was your thoughts when it was is happening, uh, and then immediately after that? I probably rewatched that play so many times, like thinking, what could I have done? What could we have done to make the right play? But it was honestly nothing we could have done. We were able to get the steal. Uh, Bree went up with a good a good layup, and then Leah even had to tip back. Um, man, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we did a good job at being able to get a shot up because most teams probably wouldn't wouldn't able to wouldn't have been able to do that. I don't know. It's, it's and you guys put the clamps on them too. Yeah, Tara said it was yeah. it was really just like a matter of luck, man. And then it maybe would have just been a matter of luck of us making it. So yeah. that's what she said. She just got them. really lucky that you guys missed. Yeah, definitely. So well, I don't know. I think that that happened for a reason. I think Aaliyah is definitely gonna one of these next year. She's gonna get revenge for for that play. Woo! That's a good way to wrap it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for the time. Um, I'm really excited to see you progress. Um, can't wait to see more stuff on on social, the off season drills. I think you will be massive on TikTok if you put your ISO shit on there. Like I really, <laughs> I really do. Like cooking I'm, and I'm ISO, get it, it. get it to it. Get it to it. Thank I you so you. much. Um, thank you again to Zaya Cook for coming on this league. That's all the time that we have. We will see you guys next time. That's all the time that we have for this league podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Like I said, it's a huge difference for us if you unsubscribe and resubscribe. A lot of people are mad that I interviewed Jake Paul. Fuck off, basically. He was the number one trending topic all weekend. And in my business, views and clicks are key, even if they're hate clicks. I live my life off of hate clicks, so I appreciate that Jake does too. Uh, do not forget to follow us at This League and Trista Crick on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Tune in Friday morning for the next edition of This League.